0: Hey everyone this is Gabby and Karim and you're listening to the making of an incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med schools. From GAMSAT to medical interviews get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get get med ready. ready. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. This is our last mock MMI station for this season, so strap in, it's a really good one and I hope you enjoy it. But before we jump in, I will do an acknowledgement of country. I would like to acknowledge the traditional and rightful owners of the land in which I am lucky enough to live and learn on, that is the Yorta land. I would like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, as well as pay my respects to any First Nations people who listen to our podcast so the station today is an ethics slash moral station i would say Uh, we did the timing one minute reading and about one minute per question with five questions so the opening scenario is you come across a disheveled looking 50 year old homeless man on the side of the street with a sign explaining the reasons for his homelessness and asking for money the first question is how do you make the decision whether or not to give him money Enjoy the station.
1: Um, I think an in initial sort of uh, just approaching him, um, so yeah, just getting to know the person and what he really needs, I think is really important in the situation. So you've got this man who clearly does need help, whether the best help of that would be money or other resources, um, does sort of need to be assessed um, just as a person walking down the street. Um, I think, yeah, firstly, like realising that he does need help. Um, and then going up to him starting that conversation of um, if there's anything else what exactly like is the situation um, if he would like me to get him some food or water um, I think would be a good assessment initially usually um, giving you some spread change um, wouldn't harm him and if anything would help there might be obviously some um, stigma of what he might use that money for but um, if a person is in that situation of um you know being obviously like visibly homeless and disheveled and in that position of asking the public for help um they usually are it's reaching out for that help and you need to give them that helping hand
2: okay great um so your next question is um what if it was
1: a child yeah, So I think a similar situation I think the stigma behind it would be a bit different like you wouldn't be as hesitant to approach a child um, and ask them you know where their parents are um, yeah perhaps that would be the difference there I'm um, trying to figure out their background a bit more um, because a child who's alone on the street um, clearly has gotten there at a different um, Would need a bit more support um, if that's to find yeah, their family or getting Child services involved or anything like that. Um, they can't just stay there on the street. Even if you do give them the money at the end, um, they will need more help than just that. Um, so I think that would be important to, yeah, keep them in mind. Like sort of follow up, see how they got there. Um, make sure that you've helped them as much as you could. Um, that they're not staying there alone, um, like unsafe situations um, with no way to get out.
2: Okay, um, so your third question is, what are the wider implications of homelessness for society?
1: Well, so I think it touches on a lot of things. The first thing we'd look at is the actual um, people suffering from homelessness. Um, that has obviously huge implications. The fact that they have no shelter um, on their own health, if that's physical health or mental health, their general well-being. Um, their access to resources um, that are needed, their social aspects, like education. um, It would touch on so many things just for that person who is um, affected by it. And, of course, it affects like the greater um, society around it, the way that um, people walking down the street, if they're there to help, if they're just ignoring that person, um, what governments are doing to help them out. Um, if there's sufficient resources to um, get them off the streets and get them what they need, or, or are we just ignoring them um, and leaving them to the, <laughs> to, to the streets? Um, so that's the main implications would obviously be on the person suffering there, I think. Um, Great.
2: Um, so your fourth question is, how can medical students help the homeless? What can, they do, what can we do as medical students to stop it?
1: So as a medical student, um, before being a doctor, uh, so obviously, like, if you could provide any medical assistance, um, if that's sort of free bulk billing clinics and things like that. But as a medical student, you'd step before that. So I think A would be um, educating yourself about, um, you know, how many people are out there, what exactly it is that they need um, and then taking that step further of how yeah, medical students are able to do that. If that's running some um, you know, volunteering in soup kitchens or um, going to those areas where you know that there are high numbers of homeless people and um, maybe you know, asking them what it is that they need from you know, a person who's not yet a doctor but might have some um, advice or suggestions. Um, and especially yeah, that education at the medical student level will then obviously um, affect them in the later years as a doctor. Uh, and having that awareness and of the need um, as a doctor will also have um, further implications later on.
2: Okay, great. And your last question is, do you think the government provides enough services for uh, for disadvantaged
1: people that can be accessed easily? I think that the fact that it is still a huge issue means that um, it's never enough. I know that there are many things already um, in place. I know from my own experiences, um, there's um, organizations which take uh, the food that is left over from supermarkets that they don't wanna sell um, and provides that to people who are unable to provide themselves. Um, So there are many, many organizations um, who do their part in trying to um, help these people. Um, But I think in terms of the government level, The fact that they're still on the streets, that they're usually just um, taken over police, um, means that there's not enough. There is also government housing, which obviously is in place um, as well to help them, but obviously doesn't reach everyone that needs. And even those conditions and those solutions are not the best for them either. Um, So there's a lot more to work on.
2: All right, so that's all the questions. You did really well. You didn't have any trouble speaking, so that's really good. And you spoke... The entire time, and you've got a lot of ideas out. So, I think you did well. You were fine. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So, I think I've got a few things down. So, we'll go through each question one by one. Okay. All right. So, the first question was How do you make the decision whether or not to give this homeless person money? Okay. So um, I really liked how you talked about approaching the person and seeing what their situation is. It's very kind and I think that's a really um, important thing to know to see what what this person needs the money for and what their circumstances are and what they actually need. Um, So I think that was really great. Um, I think the thing to keep in mind with this question is that the examiner is not necessarily looking for your decision. They're not saying... one of the decisions is correct because whatever decision you make, they shouldn't judge you on it. Um, What they do care about is your process and how you get at the decision. Um, So it doesn't actually matter whether you choose to give the person money or not. And I think um, the one thing you could improve on a little bit is that you implied that you you might give this person money, but you didn't actually say that you would definitely give this person money. So make sure you answer the question directly and say, yes, in this situation, after doing... XYZ, like talking to the person and seeing what their needs are, I will just, I will give him the money, that sort of thing. So, directly answer the question. Um, and I think, in terms of structuring your answer, um, I think you did quite well in terms of reasoning your way, way through it. But another structure you could employ um, just to give um, more of a framework to your answer is maybe think of the consequences, um, so the benefits and the drawbacks of giving him money. And then what are the consequences if you don't give him money? So, um, for example, through giving him money, you're going to be improving, likely improving the quality of this person's life because they can get access to food and whatever else they need to live. And um, maybe another thing is the happiness that you give this person would probably outweigh the minor inconvenience for you of giving up a little bit of cash, if that makes sense. Um, And not giving him money, I mean, the obvious thing would be that he can't take care of him take care of himself because he doesn't have autonomy over his life because he doesn't have enough money um, and that would negatively impact his well-being. So if you look at it from both sides and then say um, something like um, you could say something like the benefits of giving him the money outweighs um, any drawbacks that I can think of, of, then Mm -hmm. I decide to give him money. Um, And you could say go the other way and say the reason why you would not give him money. As well if that's what you decide yeah um do you have any questions no that's really great advice thank you (laughs) no worries um and yeah make sure you just come to a decision either way it doesn't matter if you say yes or no but make sure you say clearly state clearly what your decision is um and then the next one is what if it was a child instead of a 50 year old man um, so now in this question, you have to justify whether your previous decision would remain the same or change because of the presence of a child. Um, so you've got to think about how homelessness would affect a child compared to an adult. And again, I liked how you would say you said you would approach the child and try to figure out um, their circumstance and their background um, to see what the child's needs are. I think that's a good idea. Um, uh, and Yeah, I think that would help you come to your conclusion by thinking of what a child needs. Um, So, for example, the impact of homelessness on children can affect them in different ways to adults, Uh, for example, because children are still in the development stage of their lives, they're still growing, something like malnutrition can impact their growth and their Um, well-being and their health so that might not really be an issue for an adult who's like fully grown Um, and being homeless at such a young age is a really big trauma and can affect their ability to form relationships and things like that Um, again as they grow and they're still developing that part might not be developed fully or properly Um, So those are just answers. Um, Again, like these two reasons, like the malnutrition and the trauma can easily be um, the same for the adult, you know, similar, but the effects can be a bit different. So make sure in this answer you justify why you would give the the child money over the adult or not, if you're um, just based on your previous answer, whether it would change or not and why, yeah? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when I'm thinking about this question, a bias that I would... Thing that comes up is that I would feel more emotionally attached to a child more than an adult because of the innocence and just recognise that that's, um, that's a bias that could come into your mind um, and acknowledge that that's part of that. Like that's just how the how your brain might work. Um, you don't necessarily have to say that in the answer, but I'm just saying when you're thinking through the question, yeah. that's something that might come to mind. And just make sure you say again whether your previous decision will change or not, because I think you implied it a little bit that you would give the money to the child anyway, but just make sure you clearly say that I will, yeah? Yep. Um, okay. And I think one thing maybe against giving the child money could be that you might think that they might not be competent enough to make decisions to do with money as an adult would be, so that could be a reason against giving the child money, um, just another reason. Okay. And then for the third question what are the wider implications for homelessness for society? I actually thought you had a good structure for this one because you talked about the individual impact on um, the person who's homeless and then how society is affected by this and um, like the, um, the government aspect a little bit as well. So I was going to suggest a sim- that same structure as well. Um, so it's called the level of impact model where you discuss homelessness and how it impacts the individual communities and then um, countries so having a structure like this prevents you from um, going down a rabbit hole and discussing like one one aspect and also you can discuss a broad range of ideas and ideas and show the examiner that you have a lot of knowledge in different areas so just like a few ideas for each one I think you mentioned this Anyway, like really well with the individual aspect about the increased health vulnerability, low quality of life due to lack of money, reduced education level and opportunities in life, and the reduced social security, which you did ch- touch on. Um, one thing you can also touch on is the um, intergenerational uh, impacts of homelessness on individuals. So, due to individual impacts of homelessness, that we just mentioned, like the overall health from not having nutritious diets and then not having access to healthcare, um, maybe even the mental implication implications from the trauma of homelessness. And this would lead to lowered well-being, which means they can't, uh, they might not be able to perform well at a job or get education, educational opportunities. Um, and in this way, the next generation of the family will be impacted impacted in the same way with decreased education and employment opportunities. And this will just perpetuate the problem. I know that was a long explanation, but I hope you understood what yeah, I was yeah. getting at. Yeah.
1: No,
2: um, okay. And then for communities, uh, socioeconomic status of communities will decrease and then increased load of work on healthcare workers in the community. Um, if there's a lot of people who are out on the streets and malnutrition and need a lot of help and care. Um, in terms of countries, um, there's a lot of economic cost of providing services to homeless people. And also a higher level of unemployment because homeless people tend to be unemployed. And, yeah, so do you have any questions from that one? Uh, no, I think that's all really
1: okay. great points to consider. <laughs> <Thank
2: you. laughs> I know it's a lot, um, but, yeah, just go through it slowly. And yeah. just the main thing I was trying to highlight was having a good structure and yeah. then hitting a broad number of ideas, not just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, And helpful. you can definitely, you don't, you don't have to say exactly what I said. There's a lot of other points that you can include. It was, there were just some ideas. Okay, so on to the fourth question. So how can medical students help the homeless? What can we do to stop it? Um, I thought your point about educating yourself is really great. That's, a, that's like a really good first step to thinking about what you can do to help. Um, and so I thought that was a really good point. I think something else you can acknowledge is that you as a medical student can't do this alone um, and that you'll need help from other resources such as the government and various organisations. So as a medical student, you can do something, but I think if you can achieve a greater impact if you have help from other, other um, organisations and uh, things like that. Uh, again, for your structure, I think it's good to structure your answer so you can I was thinking you could do a similar thing as before where you talk about what you can do individually and what you can do as a community of medical mm-hmm. students. And then um, in terms of in terms of government level, you can talk about how you can reach out to the government and um, advocate for policy changes and services and things like that. So in terms of um, individuals, you can. Donate money. You can even speak to homeless people and see what they need, like you mentioned. Um, as a community of medical students, you can um, you can provide maybe workshops for people sorting their resumes and giving um, and how to get a job and things like that. Even in terms of the health aspect, you can see what needs they need and advocate for that within the community as well. And maybe do some um, some sort of like a health checkup or something free of charge, something like that. And in terms of governments and large organisations, and like I said, advocate for policy changes and increase services and central income welfare payments and things like that, um, and just bring to the government's attention the, um, the level of health inequality that's present in, that, in this minority group um, so that things can be done to change that. Um, another way you could structure it is maybe short-term and long-term impacts. That you could have as a medical student, so you can use the um the different levels of, um the different levels of impact approach, or you can talk about maybe short term and long term solutions as well. So something like um you know donating money is a short term solution, whereas government policy will be a long term solution. If that makes yeah. sense, and I think it's also acknowledged. Uh, it's also good to acknowledge that this is a very complex is- issue, and there's no easy solution. Um, you know, it's not like a band-aid solution here. There's a lot to be done. Um, and you can take steps towards um, towards helping homelessness and then eventually to stop it, hopefully,
1: in the future. Thank you. Sorry, I don't remember anything unless I write it. <laughs> Say that again. You don't I, I won't remember anything unless I write it, so I just had to. Oh do no, the that's fine. Yeah, stuff. all good. Yeah, you know, um, that's really great. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you have any questions from that one? um the med students I think that one I tripped up a bit at the start thinking about specifically med students and I think maybe in this situation it's more of a like med students are just similar to other students and what they're capable of doing at that exact moment um and helping homeless and like isn't that obviously yeah before doctors and that kind of took me a while to wrap my head around and, and get on to answering yeah. after that. <laughs> hmm.
2: so, uh, actually, if Gabby's still there, maybe she can help me. So I was also unsure if they should be more specifically related to uh, medical students. What do you reckon?
0: I think... Um, you did you did fine with this question. I don't think there was any red flags or any um, poor points here. But I think the main thing about being a medical student is um, sort of being aware of your um, role in a community. Like we have privilege, whether we like it or not. As medical students, we are in a privileged spot. We get tertiary education that not everyone um, has the same access to. We are part of reputable um, institutions. And we are one day going to have this title of doctor, which has... Has, um it has power in the community so i think accepting that um and sort of um uh yeah just just being aware of that and how powerful that can be if you use it for good, I think would be a good way to start this question. And then say, um, you know, you could use your medical student voice as an advocacy voice, um, and the same with the connections that you'll have as a medical student. So other doctors um, that may be your tutors or um, you know government people, um, government organizations, and stuff like that that may be affiliated with the university university that you could get in contact with, um, and just you know medical student or MD at the end of your name often does provide you with some sort of power. um, And being aware of that power, I think, is really important um, to then make positive change, if that makes sense.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the last question. Um, So I think um, with this question, you don't necessarily have to stick to the issue of homelessness, because the question says disadvantaged people in general. So there's a lot of groups you can talk about. And it's like, it's a, broad, it's a broad spectrum, so there's a lot of things that you can talk about here. Um, and I think I like how you said there are services, but there's a lot more that can be done because I guess some services are more accessible than others and clearly it's it's not like the problem solved. There's still these problems out there, so there is more that can be done. Um, and I think just remember it's okay to not know like a lot of different government policies and things like that, so don't get freaked out because you get this question and you're like, oh, I don't know the names of any policies or anything like that, but you definitely will know a few things. So um, for vulnerable community communities such as like the homeless, like we talked about, or refugees, people with addictions, like any any my, uh, minority group, there's things like Centrelink, Medicare and bulk billing, and then there's the NDIS for uh, people with disabilities. And also for uh, First Nations people, there's this uh, Close the Gap campaign that has specific Um, areas that apply to that to that group as well Um, and and make sure you answer the question again so say um, what like you said you said the services and then say whether they're actually accessible or not so say some are accessible and some are not or they're all accessible whatever you think Um, and yet so the point of this question is for you to consider um, what what can be done? What is already there for people who are disadvantaged, and then see if there's more that can be, that can be done in terms of accessibility. Yeah, um, and I think the final thing I have to say is um, there's a lot going to be a lot of questions where you don't know what to say sometimes, and you're just kind of stuck. I've definitely had that experience. So um, it's okay to take a moment to gather your thoughts instead of kind of blurting out the first thing you think of um, or the first thing that comes to mind sometimes. So you can even just tell the examiner that you're going to take a moment to think before answering and that's fine. Not that you did this, but I'm just saying, like, if if you're ever stuck, you can do that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Um, Yeah, I think I've got a lot to work on, especially with structure and Yeah, I didn't realise how, different it would be like I've been listening to some yeah, the podcasts and the webinars and stuff and I didn't realize how different it would be to be on the spot and have a minute to like mm. <laughs> have an answer to someone <laughs> yeah and I think when I first started as well
2: I was not like I think once you practice you definitely get better and when I first started I could barely like get through the, the minute of talking so you did really well in terms of like talking for the whole time as well where some questions so I was like I don't know what to say so yeah you did fine and you'll get better Definitely. This was the the power of practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is really daunting and especially one minute per question. Like I feel like I could write an essay on each of these questions. Like Mm. there's a lot that you could like go into. So it's about prioritizing which is the most important stuff to talk about, but also you don't have enough time to talk about it all. So, um, and you don't really have enough time to really map out your answer well either. But yeah, I think you did well um, and good on you for putting yourself out there and coming on here um, to give it a practice. Do you have any other questions um, for us at all?
1: I think at the moment I'll just do some more practice. I've got another mock on the weekend. So <laughs> we'll see how I go by then. <laughs> There you have it, another really good
0: mock MMI attempt by one of our students and some great feedback from our examiners as well. I hope you enjoyed this season of the podcast, all about medical interviews, some tips and tricks from us, but also some of our mock MMIs. We think that it is a really great resource for students. It's free, easily accessible, and you get to hear feedback from our examiners, but you also get to hear how other people answer the stations and what other considerations they're thinking. So we think it's a really great learning tool for you all, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback at all as to um, how you found this season please let us know either via our emails in the show notes or you can find us on facebook or instagram and let us know because we do this for you guys so we want to know whether or not it is helping you and what we can do to make it better so please let us know give us any feedback you have and thanks for listening see you next season thank you for listening to the making of an incredible md podcast by halad to health Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.